Amen. Well, good morning and a special greeting to all mothers watching or listening today. Happy Mother's Day. I hope you have a relaxed, joyful day. I am aware, as Dio said, that often the work of mothers is underappreciated, yet you keep doing it with love and commitment. So may the Lord richly bless you and reward you for your sacrifice and unconditional love. May He bless you with strength and wisdom as you exercise your calling as a mother. Amen. Well, we have been learning about the work of Christ. In part one, we considered His past work as our Savior. In part two, we considered His present work as our priest, our high priest. Today is the final part, and we will finalize talking about His present work as priest, and then consider His future work as King. As we learned last week, there is a man in heaven today. He is a human being in a glorified body or God in an eternal human body. And he controls the universe. He is the heir of all things. He upholds all things. He is in charge of the heavenly hosts and commands the angels as they minister to believers. Only eternity will reveal how much angelic action was in our lives here on earth. As high priest, Jesus is our mediator and intercessor. Once for all, he offered one sacrifice which does not need to be repeated. Hebrews chapter 10 verse 12 says, But this man, after he had offered one sacrifice for sins forever, sat down at the right hand of God. Jesus, as a man, as a representative of humankind, a man but without sin, he offered one sacrifice, and by that he paid the penalty of sin for all humankind forever. No more sacrifices needed. By the way, when we have communion, we do not repeat the sacrifice of Jesus. That is a done thing, never to be repeated again. What we do in communion is remember His sacrifice. And as we remember, we keep it alive in our thinking. As we ponder on His death, burial, and resurrection, we should allow gratitude to rise up in our hearts. As we remember that He took upon Himself our iniquities and our infirmities, we can confess our need for physical or emotional healing. We can confess persisting sins and we can receive His work in our lives. As our intercessor, Jesus prays for us. The very fact that He is in His resurrected body in the presence of the Father is a statement of intercession. Just by being there on our behalf is enough to release the blessings of God upon our lives. The Word says that in Jesus, we who follow Him are blessed. Listen to Ephesians 1.3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. 
We may be living on earth now, but our position spiritually is with Christ in heavenly places. Ephesians 2 verse 6. And raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Us who? Those who have put their trust in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. So because we are in Christ Jesus, when the Father looks at us, He sees Jesus. He sees the wounds of the nails. And so because of the finished work of Christ, we have access to every spiritual blessing today. Towards the end of last week's message, I read the following passage, Romans chapter 8, verse 34. Who is he who condemns? It is Christ who died and furthermore is also risen, who is even at the right hand of God, who also makes intercession for us. As we saw last week, intercession is part of his high of the high priestly work of Jesus today. As the time approached for Jesus to face the cross, he prayed what is appropriately known as the priestly prayer, the high priestly prayer. You find it in the Gospel of John chapter 17. In verses 6 to 19, he prays for his immediate followers, the apostles and early disciples. Obviously, Uh, Some of those requests extend to us today. Then in verse 20 to 26, he prays for those who would believe through their preaching. Now, that is you and me. He's praying for us here. Now, notice some things about this prayer, which still form parts of his priestly intercession today. The things he prayed in that prayer, he still continues praying for them today. First of all, let's see who he prays for. John 17, 9. I pray for them. I do not pray for the world, but for those whom you have given me, for they are yours. Jesus prays for those who are his. His intercession is for those who are his. For those who have chosen to put their faith and trust in him. Interesting, he does not pray for unbelievers. His work with the unbelievers was finished when he paid the price for their sin on the cross. There is nothing more he can do for them now if they will not receive his forgiveness, if they insist in living ungodly lives. Sure, his goodness and mercy is still patiently extended in many ways to the world. Through his church, he extends an invitation to the world to follow him. Through nature, he shows his power and invites the world to come closer to him. And many will through these various means and will then be included in his prayer. But his priestly ministry now is towards those who follow him. Those who are following him, those who are still Follow him in the future. Those who have chosen to put a trust in Jesus as Lord and Savior. Let's look at some of the things that Jesus prays for. John 17, 5. I do not pray that you should take them out of the world, but that you should keep them from the evil one. He prays that we would be kept from the evil one. Listen, to live as Christian, as a Christian, is simple, but it is not easy. The Christian life is simply to love God 
and keep his commandments. <laughs> Simple, <laughs> but it's not easy, right? We have to deal with the seduction of the sparsing world. We have to deal with the indwelling tendency of sin in us. But these are not our main enemy. The devil is our main enemy. He had the boldness to confront Jesus and to try to get him off his path. He's the one behind all the evil in the world. Remember, Peter, he betrayed Jesus, but he did not fall off the faith. He hung around and was restored by Jesus. You know why? Because Jesus prayed for Peter that his faith would not fail. The devil wanted Peter, but Jesus prayed for him. And he prays for you and for me too. Only eternity will reveal uh, what his prayers for us have spared us from. And then in John 17, 17, he says, Sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. There he prays for our sanctification. The root meaning of holiness or sanctification is to be separated. As Christians, we are to be different, separated from the world. Much is said about being relevant these days. We have to be uh, relevant as Christians, as, as, as a church, to reach the world. And, and I agree. But we cannot be relevant at the cost of our sanctification, at the cost of holiness. We cannot embrace the ways and thoughts of the world when they contradict the will of God, no matter how popular or acceptable they may be. The first century church changed the world not by being like the world around them, but by being different. They changed the world by the, by the way they lived. Many of them had to pay a high price to follow Jesus. Some had to pay the ultimate price, but they did not compromise. How were they sanctified? By the word of God, by learning and obeying the word, by having their minds renewed by the word, by allowing the word of God to guide their thinking and their choosing. They followed the way of the Lord, not the way of the world. They became known as the people of the way. In spite of persecution, many others saw their different lifestyle and wanted in. They wanted to join him. And so the church grew. Remember what I said earlier? The Christian life is simple. Love God and keep his commandments. What did Jesus pray? Separate them by your word. Your word is truth. Simple. Love God and keep his commandments. Not easy, like I said, but simple. And that was the main strategy of evangelism in the early church. Like someone has said, the best evangelism strategy, you know what it is? It is a Christian living as a Christian in the world. <laughs> Think about that. Paul said the following in his letter to the Romans, Romans 6, 17. But God be thanked that though you were slaves of sin, yet you obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine to which you were delivered. These believers were once 
totally immersed in a sinful lifestyle. But they obeyed the doctrine, the teachings, the word, which is truth. The gospel has a form, has a shape. As you obey the gospel, you get shaped, formed, transformed more and more to be like Jesus. That is the prayer of Jesus for us still today. And every time we make a blunder, Jesus just stands before the Father declaring that we are His, we are in Him. And with time, because we have decided to follow Jesus, we begin to be molded according to His image. Our behavior begins to change. And the unsaved world begins to notice that we are different. What else did Jesus pray for? Verse 21 of John 17. That they may be one as you, Father, are in me and I in you. That they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that you sent me. He prays for the unity among his followers so that the world may believe. Not necessarily a structural unity. I guess that until Jesus comes, we will have our doctrinal differences. But we can agree that Jesus is Lord. And that is the basis of our faith. If we can stand together and declare to the world that Jesus is Lord, that in itself will cause many to believe in Jesus. This has, of course, been a point of attack from the enemy. Over the centuries, there have been many battles of opinions, many heated arguments, many divisions among followers of Christ. But Jesus continues to pray that His church be united in declaring that He is Lord. As darkness increases on the earth, I believe we will see the body of Christ coming closer together to make a stand for Jesus. We will still have our unique ways of worshiping and kind of doing church, but our hearts will be united in one purpose, to make Him known. Now, not only is Jesus our intercessor, but He is also our advocate. He is our advocate with the Father. 1 John 2, 1 says, My little children, these things are right to you so that you may not sin. And if anyone sins, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. The aim is that we should not sin. The point of growing in the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ is that we sin less and less as we become more and more like Him. We, we know, however, that in the flesh it is very difficult not to sin. So, what happens when we do sin? His advocacy is that which restores us. Sin cannot rob us of our salvation, but it mars, it hinders the enjoyment of that fellowship. The standard is that we not sin, but how often this is not the case. We fall into sin. The moment the believer sins on earth, Jesus acts as the advocate above. The Holy Spirit then likewise acts on earth by applying the word to convict and to cleanse. Note that the cleansing is by the water, 
by the word and not a second time by the blood. Then follows confession from our side and the restoration is effected. Hallelujah. Another reason Jesus acts as our advocate is because of Satan, our accuser. Yes, he is still on the loose, accusing the brethren before God. The day will come when he will be completely cast out and will accuse no more. But that day will not come until the church has been caught up to meet the Lord in the air. Revelation 12, 10 says, Then I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of His Christ have come for the accuser of our brethren who accused them before our God day and night has been cast down. Ah, what a glorious day that will be. But until then, Satan will continue to accuse God's people before God day and night. However, the advocate is there to rebuke him. Every attack by accusation of the sending children of God, the Lord Jesus meets with the fact that he made propitiation. He died for their sins. Glory to God. And we thank Jesus for his present work. Amen. The last aspect of his present work I want to touch on is this. He's the head of the church. This is what he does for the church as the head of the church. In heaven, he is the head of the church, which is his body. Everyone who believes in him is part of the church. Once Jesus was in heaven as the head of the church, the Father sent the Holy Spirit to empower the church. Since then, Jesus is building his church. We read in Ephesians chapter 4, verses 11 to 13, And he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry. For the defying of the body of Christ till we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. You see, this is his desire and this is his work that the church should grow to the measure of the stature of Christ. That the church be a true representation of Christ to the world. And Jesus continues his work as head of the church, building it up. Though over the centuries it has gone through many trials and attacks, the church remains. Although there have been seasons where the church has moved away from the truth of God's word, somehow Jesus brings restoration back to it again. The church is here today and it will remain growing stronger until the day of the return of Jesus. Until then. Jesus continues his work of building the body of believers. Someday that body will be complete. The number will be fulfilled. And then all, we all come into a measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. That will be when we see him face to face as he is. And then his present work on behalf of his own will be finished. When we all are gathered unto him safely in father's house, from that day, there will be no more tears will be shed. From that day, no more wounds of pain or sorrow. No more help is needed for the time of need for all that is past. Nor does he then need to exercise his office as intercessor or advocate. For we are delivered forever from the presence of sin in a sanctified and holy body. 
So sinning is then an impossibility. And that will be a glorious day when all this happens. So that is the present work of Christ. He is the high priest of his people. But that work of high priest will one day end to when, when, when we are taken up with him. And let's talk briefly about the future work of Jesus. His past work was a savior, redeemer. His present work is as our high priest. His future work is as our king. Kingship. He is a king. Now, the Lord Jesus, who finished the work on earth, the Father gave him to do, who is now boldly present in the highest heaven, exercising his priesthood in behalf of his people, he is also king. To him belongs a kingdom and a kingly glory. He has, therefore, a kingly work to do. While his past work was foreshadowed in the Old Testament and his priestly work as well, his work as king and his glorious kingdom to come are also subjects of the word of God. His kingly work was announced by Gabriel to Mary. In Luke 1, 32 and 33, the angel said, He will be great. And he will be called the son of the highest. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom, there will be no end. This word from the angel is heaven's confirmation of what God's prophets of many centuries had uttered, announcing the coming of the Messiah. There are too many scriptures to share in this message, so I will just share two of them with you. Daniel chapter 7, verses 13 and 14. I was watching in the night visions, and behold, one like the Son of Man, coming with the clouds of heaven. He came to the Ancient of Days, and they brought him near before him. Then to him was given dominion and glory and a kingdom that all peoples, nations, and languages should serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion which shall not pass away, and his kingdom, the one which shall not be destroyed. Hmm. Jeremiah 23, 5. Behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, that I will raise to David a branch of righteousness. A king shall reign and prosper and execute judgment and righteousness in the earth, the whole earth. Now, where the above scriptures and all the other prophecies in the word of God about the earthly kingdom of Jesus fulfilled since the Lord Jesus suffered on the cross? Have they been fulfilled since he entered the Father's presence in glory? Is he now exercising his kingly rule and authority? Is the promised kingdom of righteousness, of peace, of power and glory now on the earth? Because, of, because all those prophecies refer to a kingdom on this earth. As we read these predictions, we must ask if they have come to pass, if they are happening. And the answer is no, they are not. You may say that Jesus reigns in our hearts and that it will grow and, and, and take over the earth, but that is not true. The fact is, this is fact, that although Jesus 
reigns in the heart of his people. That I agree with, he does. He reigns in the heart of his people as king of his people. He has not begun his work on earth as king. That is yet to come. The kingdom promised unto him has yet to be received. There is now no such kingdom of glory and power on the earth. Yes, he reigns in our hearts. And through us, you know, his will may be done on earth. He reigns on earth through us. But his kingdom has not come to pass. You see, the church is not the kingdom. Jesus is not the king of the church. He is the head of the church. The Lord has left the earth to receive a kingdom and then to return. He occupies the Father's throne, which is not his permanent place, for he is to have his own throne. Matthew 25, 11. When the Son of Man comes in glory, talking about his return, and all the holy angels with him, then he will sit on the throne of his glory. He waits in heaven for the time when all enemies will be made the footstool of his feet. Hebrews 2.8 says that now we do not yet see all things put under him. Look around. No nation serves him and the kingdoms of this world are not the kingdoms of his, all right? They will become his, and heaven will resound with many voices saying, the kingdoms of this world are become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ, and he shall reign forever and ever, as stated in Revelation eleven fifteen. But that is future. When the seventh angel sounds his trumpet, when heaven opens and he appears as king of kings, crowned with many crowns, then he will receive the nations for his inheritance. A day is coming when Jesus will conclude his present work as our high priest. The events that lead to this transition is something that we studied some weeks back. It is the taking up of the church and the great tribulation on earth. Our blessed hope as his church is to see him face to face. At the end of that period of tribulation, Jesus will return to earth. But he won't be alone. All who have put their trust in him will appear with him. He will come in power and in glory. The whole earth will see him and he will establish his kingdom on earth. By that time, we will have received our glorified bodies. The process of our salvation will be complete. So rejoice, child of God, Your salvation is a work in progress. Jesus has not stopped working. He finished his work on the cross. He is working now as our high priest. And in the process of time, his work will be as king over all the earth. Listen, don't let the trials and tribulations of this world trip you up in your faith. Look up, even if this in this life you suffer because of your faith, this life is not the end. Remember, you have a high priest right now watching you, interceding for you, looking forward to having you in his kingdom. Amen. 
May your faith be strengthened and may you remain faithful until we see him face to face. Amen. Let us pray. Lord, what a glorious day it will be, Lord, when the spirit is over and we come into your presence and then you come to earth as king of kings. Lord, we anticipate that. We pray, Father, that many will hear the sound of your voice. Come to you, Lord God. And that those who are watching me, who are your children, will stay faithful, Lord, until the end. For your glory and honor, we pray. Amen and amen. The Lord bless you. Enjoy your day. See you next week.